Normally I get right into my lesson, but I'd like to say a few things this morning just because of the last two weeks, me being out and away from you. I'd like to thank Brother Brody for him speaking. Uh, he's doing a great job with the youth group, and his speaking is, is really improving. So I was very proud of him and uh, so glad that he is here working with our youth group. I would also like to commend our elders for their COVID response and the decisions they have made and how to handle uh, what's going on in our world. I think they've made some very wise decisions, and I uh, hope you'll join me in supporting them in, in how they have been handling this recently. And I'd also like to thank all of you who have sent me words of encouragement uh, for cards and your, through cards and your concerns. I got my magic legs, so I'm uh, very glad to be back up with you this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 22 say this, Ye have heard that it was said of them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, or the New American Standard renders that, whoever shall say to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. It is because of this passage that you have probably heard all of your life, don't call someone a fool. But sometimes... You've got to call something what it is. That's what we're talking about this morning. Jesus here in His Sermon on the Mount was really concerned about the hearts of men and women and people and the shape that their hearts were in. He also says in this passage, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit murder. He says in verse 21, and he says later on in verse 27, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. And he talks on about that. Verse 38 he says, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But throughout each of these passages, he goes on to say, you know what, what's really important here is your heart. For instance, in this passage, you know, whoever shall commit murder... You know, that, that's wrong. You know that's wrong because it was said, thou shalt not kill. But I say, and that's how he goes throughout this passage. But I tell you, you know, he says in, in verse 43, you have heard you shall love your enemy, your neighbor, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You've heard that. But I'm telling you something a little bit deeper. He says in verses 23 and 24, you know, if you have a conflict with someone, go make it right. You can't worship me if your heart isn't in the right, right place with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus wants our personal relationships to be positive ones. Sure, we've got to go throughout our life make, making sure we're not committing adultery, making sure that we're not committing murder. But Jesus in this passage takes it a step further and says you've got to look at your heart. What state is your heart in? There's much discussion over what Jesus actually meant in this passage by instructing us not to call someone a fool. 
What were the words exactly? The Old Testament words that indicate foolish actions and the words Jesus references in Matthew chapter 5. Because we're going to talk in just a moment about Old Testament passages, one New Testament, Old Testament passages that talk about foolish actions and about who these people are that conduct those. Raka in the King James Version, or a good-for-nothing in the New American Standard, and we also see the word fool here, but he, he has two different levels. If you say raka, you'll be in danger of the council, but if you say fool, you'll be in danger of hellfire. And here we are. I'm reading this. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what raka means, but I'm sure not going to call anybody a fool because I don't want to be condemned. But Jesus here, let's talk about it for just a moment. The word fool here is a word of condemnation. And the other important part of this passage to look at is without a cause. Without a cause. You know, you're going to be mad with people. There are passages in Scripture that teach us how to be mad, how to go about handling that. We'll talk some about those. But here Jesus is referencing a behavior that where you're basically insulting somebody, where you're, in, where you're basically condemning someone. Are we the judges? No, we're not. Jesus is trying to get the people's actions right, but going a step further, he's trying to get their hearts right as well. These words are not meant to edify. These words are not meant to encourage, to help change someone's behavior. That's why Jesus warns against us talking about people in this fashion, condemning them based on little or nothing, without a cause, you see. So you have an evil heart towards someone. You want to condemn them. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36 says, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for of it in the day of judgment. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. So we've got to be careful how we talk to people, what we say to them. That's what this passage is all about. However, Scripture regularly classifies Foolish actions. Classification of people who are foolish, and there are indicators of this in Scripture, is not sinful. If we see someone who is committing a foolish act and is taking them down a bad path, we've got to call it what it is. We've got to say something about it. Because we can call someone out on their actions. It's good for people. If we love someone and we see them going down a path that leads to destruction, we need to do something about it. Seems as though we're too nice. We don't want to upset people. But we need to do it more often. I upset people all the time, and they come back for more. Why? Because it's good for them. They want to get better. There's someone in your life that's doing a foolish action, and we'll go through these specifically in just a moment, because these are, these are words from Scripture that says this action and this action and this action, they're foolish. We need to help people turn their lives around. Too many times we go to people with a feather. Feather is meant to tickle someone, but too often we call people out with a feather, and this doesn't do a whole lot of good. Sometimes we've got to go to them with this. Not harmful, right? But this will get your attention. Campbell was bringing this into the auditorium for me a moment ago and dropped it. Miss Inez jumped, right? Pretty loud. It got her attention. 
And sometimes we've got to say to ourselves, am I reaching my brother, am I reaching my sister in Christ, so that I might bring them back. You've got to do it. You've got to be real. You've got to get right with somebody so that they understand, yes, you know what, you're right and I'm glad you told me. That's the result we want that we're going for. Well, Scripture, as we look to its wisdom, what does it say about the fool? The fool says, there is no God. Psalm 53 and verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and have committed abominable injustice. There is no one who does good. There will be many things that occur as a result of this pandemic. People will do curbside a lot more in the future, even when it's over, I believe. They'll shop online more. More germaphobes will result from this behavior because we're solidifying those actions. Unfortunately, a faithless generation may also result. Families who are already on the fringe, spiritually speaking, are validating a continued behavior pattern of not going to church during the formative years of a child's life. Our young people should be forming relationships here with their brothers and sisters in Christ, but instead they may be forming them away from a body of believers that looks more like Second Avenue in downtown Nashville than Sunday morning in Cottontown, Tennessee. Atheism may not result from the pandemic, but what definitely will is a sentiment where people may continue and begin acting like there is no God. That's all right with Satan. He didn't have to have you be a card-carrying atheist. He just needs you to not tend to your spiritual life. Psalm 10, verses 3 and 4 says, For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire, and the greedy man curses and spurns the Lord, the wicked and the haughtiness of his countenance does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Our Christian brothers in the first century, brothers and sisters, faced dire, dire situations where they were striving for their lives. And that solidified their faith in God because they had to turn to him. However, during a difficult time, the difficult time that we face now, the faith of some may be lost simply because they stay at home. And don't turn on Facebook Live. I mean, you can watch it in your pajamas. I'll be all right with that. If you're at home right now, don't want to come. I'm not saying that. But if you're at home and making a point on Sunday mornings to watch from home, that's good. Keep up that habit so that your family may continue to say, yes, there is a God that I serve. We must battle foolishness by living like there is a God. We must stress the practice of worship and Bible study, be that at home or be that here, so that we can care for our spiritual life because it is that spiritual life that will bless you on this earth in droves and leaps and bounds and that will bless you in eternity as well. And we must work to raise our family in the Christian state of mind with a Christian worldview so that our children can go on to do the same. 
Next, the fool speaks slander. Proverbs 10, 18. And he who spreads slander is a fool. What is slander exactly? False statements about another. Quite often we're very quick to spread that. Because it's good to have that juicy bit of gossip, good to the world anyway. Good to have that bit of gossip so that we might spread it, so that we might tell others, so that we might be the ones with the information. Statements can be interpreted in any number of ways, but basically with slander, you're trying to hurt someone else's reputation. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 9, With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor. The person in English class, the person at work, the person on Facebook that you've just had enough of. Maybe slander is coming from you going their way. How is this Christ-like? It is not. When Jesus spoke to people and told them the truth about their actions, those actions being foolish, He didn't slander them. He told them the truth. Because it's the truth that will speak love to someone, even though it might hurt from time to time. Slander must be kept out of the Lord's church. This is the purpose of Matthew 18, verses 15 and following. Go to the person who is found in sin. Take two or three with you. Tell it to the church. Make it right with him, Matthew chapter 5 says. But don't slander the person. That doesn't work. It doesn't work to tear them down so that they might be brought in here. I understand that works in the armed forces. Tear them down so you can build them back up the way you need them to. It makes for a good soldier, it seems. But these days were we to slander someone, you're just showing them a bad side of human nature, not the good side of Christianity. Well, some people don't follow this at all. They want to speak that slander. They stay mad for a long time. They get mad at everyone else except the person they should be working things out with. They try to get other people to get mad at that person too. It happens on the seventh grade hallway every single day. They make Facebook posts that no one understands and that the person it was intended for does not see. The slander continues. So a fool engages in slander. And you must battle it. You must battle that foolish behavior by working to get along with other people. Be their friend and show them the love of Christ, as difficult though it may be. Because by avoiding slander, you cannot be a fool, but rather one who follows Christ. Next, fools mock sin. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 8 and 9 says, The wisdom of the sensible is to understand his way, but the foolishness of fools is deceit. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is good will. So what does this look like? Mocking sin, what does that mean? Norman Rockwell comes to my mind quite often. Illustrated American life very well. And this baker, I think I've showed this in one of my past sermons. But this baker is trying to mock the sin in his life. He's going to try to diet. Who's he fooling? Okay, I sure enough couldn't diet being around all those cakes. Could you? But here he is trying to be involved in a world that's creating him pain, creating him discomfort, creating him, putting him in a place that he does not want to be. And that's what we do today. We say, well, I won't sin. I'll be just fine. I can stay in this sin. I can stay around this sin, and I'll be just fine. That's what it means to mock sin. 
You can have it all around you and think that Jesus is right there with you, and he's not, because what is sin? Sin is a separation between us and God. And we must stop fooling ourselves. We must recognize the sin that is in our life, because the fool does not. The fool continues on as though everything is okay. Matthew chapter 26, we read of Peter. And when he denies that he will sin, what does our, our Savior say to him? Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I won't do that, Jesus. See, he's not recognizing the fact that he can have sin in his life and fall to the temptation of that. Peter was not recognizing that. I'll not do it, Jesus. And what does he do? Three times within a span of a very short period of time, three times Jesus denies Christ. And then he realizes it, thankfully. He finally realizes it when he hears the rooster crows and he goes and weeps because he realized it, you see. He stopped mocking. Earlier on, he was mocking. No, you know, I'll be all right. But here he is and it hits him square in the face and he finally realizes Jesus was right. We studied this morning in Matthew chapter, or Jeremiah chapter 8, where the people were saying, you know, they, they don't turn to repentance. They don't turn away from their evil ways. They don't say, what have I done? They don't realize the sin in their life, and they, they just accept it as something, as a, as a part of their life. They just accept their situation, thinking they'll overcome it. The only way you can overcome sin is if you have Jesus in your life. It is foolish to act like you don't sin, and your actions don't have consequences for your personal relationships and your relationship with God. Battle this foolishness by realizing your shortcomings, by realizing your sin, and get it completely out of your life. And don't mock it anymore, because that's what the fool does. Fools are contentious and quarrelsome. A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. Ever just wanted to punch somebody in the mouth? I think that's what this verse is talking about. His mouth calls for blows. He's just asking for it, we might say. But fools here are contentious, our passage says. They just, they just want to fight. They just want to be frustrating. They get some sort of power out of that. They like to fight and will we'll fight with a fence post, we oftentimes say. If I'm arguing with you, it's because I know you have an open mind over something and an open heart and just want to learn as much as I do, I don't want to be quarrelsome. I, I, I try to stay. If there's anything I could do, I hope I can stay away from passages like this where I am not seen as contentious. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 3, keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will quarrel. What's your personality like? Some people just, just want to argue, and there's really no, no end to it, no no, no, no positive result at the end. Rather, they just want to fight. What does fighting do? Well, it hurts people. It oftentimes hurts the cause of Christ. If one can keep their demeanor, you can have constructive conversations with people that might be considered a quarrel, but it's not a, not a contention, so to speak, where we are you know, just fighting just to be fighting and nothing good is coming from it. If I argue with you, I hope that after that brief period of time, I hope that I understand more, and I hope that you understand more as well. So let's battle this, this type of foolishness 
by being the solution and not the problem. There's enough problems in the world. We don't need to create more for our own people here and for your family, for others you're involved with. Next, fools are self-confident. We might also say they're arrogant. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 26, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. What do you believe and why do you believe it? What is it that you stand for and why do you stand for that? Well, I, I feel this is right. I think this is right. It's got to come from the Bible. There's so much misinformation that is out there. There's so much stuff that, that, that people want to have seen and heard. They don't have to be right. Well, listen, I, I want to be right about things, and I want it to come from Scripture because eternity is hanging in the balance for all of us. And eternity, a lot of times, seems to be a concept that is so far off but, you know, who knows? It might happen in the next moment before I end now, or it might happen generations from now. But I want to tell you that when you realize how much you need Jesus in your life, your immediate life will change. And when you stop thinking you know it all, you'll be surprised by how much you will be able to learn. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness, to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Is your arrogance, is your wisdom based on the wisdom of the world? I hope not. But I hope rather it is based on the saving power of the Word of God. The Word that has been proven to be infallible so many times. So many times. So many scholars have looked at this. And it is what it is. And it can affect your life. But you've got to stop being a fool. You've got to start letting it into your heart, into your mind, and letting it shape you. There are a lot of people out there that believe, you know, how they think and what they do is always right. And in our, you know, crazy world of politics, we got one group yelling at another. Sometimes you've got to be that third group that backs up. Says, hold on now, let's look at this. In August of 1993... I played football for Smith County High School, in case you didn't know that. We played the Jamboree at Hartsville, uh, in Trousdale County. My coach said, this is going to be a mistake. And he was right. At the end of the game, a huge fight broke out. People took their helmets, started swinging, started running to the action. What did this big boy do? He put his helmet on. <laughs> And backed up, who can I help, right? I got some buddies here, I don't want nothing going on with them. Well, Terrence Gibbs was just wearing some poor Hartsville boy out, and I went over and saved his life. And that's what happens, whether it's politics or whatever you might be discussing, you got a lot of times two people going at each other. Sometimes you got to be the third person that steps back and says, what's the Bible say? What's Jesus doing about it? How's Jesus helping your life? How is he helping your marriage? How is he helping your family? If you believe everyone who doesn't share your views is either evil or a mindless drone, you will find it very difficult to love them. Let us not be foolish and self-confident in our wisdom 
in the wisdom of the world, in the wisdom, I use that loosely, that we get tied up in, but let us be self-confident in the Word of God. Now, the world will say that's foolishness, but I say it can save your life and it can save your soul. So let's battle this type of foolishness by following the wisdom of God. Finally, fools are hypocrites. Luke chapter 11 says this, But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but inside of you you are full of robbery and wickedness. You foolish ones, he tells them. Jesus said, that's how I know we can say it now. Okay, this isn't an off-limit word anymore. Jesus is saying it. He's got it backed up with wisdom. He's got it backed up with facts, with things that he has observed. We've got to be that same way whenever we want to help somebody who is in a foolish action to pull them out. But Jesus says, You foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? Who are you trying to please, man or God? And we realize this passage. We've heard it for ages. We understand the imagery here. You know, the Pharisees were interested in the outside of the cup, but Jesus says, you, you've, got to clean, you've got to clean both of them because God, He made both of them. And this is probably the passage we are most familiar with. But the question is, are you doing anything about it? Are you cleaning the inside? You can make the inside look good or the outside look good. You've got to make the inside good as well. And how do you do that? You do that by becoming a Christian, by realizing you can't be a hypocrite. You can't live one way, speak another, or vice versa. You can't do that. You've got to realize that you need God in your life, and you've got to act on that premise and stop being foolish. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 5 says, A fool rejects his father's discipline. So finally it can be said that fools despise instruction. Proverbs 15, 5 a fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. Hopefully you've listened to me this morning. Hopefully I've touched the nerve, and I hope you'll grow from where you are possibly acting in a foolish way. Because that's the first step in going closer towards God. If you're being resistant right now, though, that's fine. You're proving what you are, and I won't argue with you. It's very difficult to argue with somebody that won't listen. Proverbs 26, 4, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll also be like him. So I hope you'll change. I hope you see the foolishness that's in your life, and I hope you'll change that this morning by becoming a New Testament Christian, by being baptized, being added to the body of Christ, looking to eternity, knowing you have salvation, knowing you'll be with God in heaven someday. Or if you are a Christian and you've fallen away and you need some forgiveness, you need some of God's grace, you need to, the people here to know that you're sorry for things that you have done, I pray that you'll come forward now as we stand and sing. Have you been to Jesus for